0: To EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here.
1: Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King, and Sam is standing there Looking at me,
0: Sam. How's your day? It's good. I um I started my day on another call, um coaching call that I had, mm-hmm. and I did. Uh, my wife and I bought a new house, same area, and didn't we just moved right down the road? Right. And um we have not put up window treatments in our house, and mm-hmm. so I had like this makeshift screen that I was because the sun's real bright in Florida, and as I was on my coaching call and trying to be all professional, it fell on me. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um. <laughs> I love how the sun is brighter in
1: Florida than anywhere else. I mean, it it's is just you know. Uh, sun no, I, I, is take, the sun. I think the, this is the way the tilt of the Earth and oh, the okay. curvature of the Earth. I think it actually mm-hmm. is. So you're coaching. You're still doing what? What is that junior high girls basketball that you coach, or what was that?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, movie? no, no, oh. I, I coach pastors, but sometimes oh, okay, that yeah. that analogy might work. But, it's about the same. Yeah, um. <laughs> mm, I we have love a guest I on love the, the show people today. I coach. They're great. They're awesome. They're actually some pretty solid pastors. They're doing some good work. Sure because they're getting great coaching. That's
1: that's No, but thank you. We have a guest on the show today, his name's Ronnie, and we're going to introduce him in just a minute, but before we do, Sam, tell us about our sponsor.
0: We have Church Initiative. They've been with us for a while now, and we are really glad that they have been with us because they are the creators of Grief Share and Divorce Care. So I just want to take a moment and tell you about them. Um, you You definitely need to, if you don't know them, you need to check them out. They have made it very simple. They've made it very easy for you to offer grief ministry and divorce recovery ministry. All that you need as a pastor, all that you need as a church leader, just one volunteer. You connect that volunteer to their team, the church initiative team. They take it from there. Um, So neat programs um, and valuable programs to the church. Divorce care, obviously helping uh, with people who are dealing with the pain of divorce, grief, share ministry, helping with those who are grieving. Um, And their coaches are there. They they customize things for your church. They provide step-by-step support. Um, they they've got it they've got it figured out for you so you need to go check out church initiative here's how you can do that you can get their quick start guide at divorcecare.org start slash est or griefshare.org slash start slash est make sure you go and give them a look um, tell them tell them that we sent you because we like them Yeah, thanks so much to our
1: sponsors. Our guest on the show today is Ronnie Parrott. Ronnie, you can find him on Twitter at Ronnie P. That's R-O-N-N-I-E-P. He is a, I'm just going to read you his bio because that's what he wrote about himself. He's a husband. He's a dad of six. Six beautiful, wonderful children. He's a lead pastor at Christ Community. He's also one of the contributors to the resource, not network, called Baptist 21. And his church is there in Huntersville, North Carolina. Ronnie, what's up?
2: Hey, guys, good to be with you guys today. Happy to be sitting here with you, Josh, and the middle school girls basketball coach, Sam Rayner. <laughs> he's the best in the
1: <laughs> sunny state of Florida. Yeah. Ronnie's a friend of mine. I count him as a friend, but Ronnie's cooler than me, so he's probably he's probably like Ronnie you know, is I cooler than you, Josh. Josh. I
0: will I, I will agree with you there.
1: I kind of know, Josh. Um, depends on the crowd. Ronnie, um, we, we have you on the show today, and we're glad you're here. We're going to talk a little bit about... You know, sort of the things that pastors chart, you know, there's a million things. We call it, we may joke a little bit here about um, pastors are juggling a million things or they've got a thousand plates spinning. And here's why I think this topic is really helpful. Right now, I think all three of us would agree, any of our listeners are agreeing. There's a massive uh, danger of burnout right now Mm -hmm. because of COVID, because of relaunching during the season, just a number of uh, reasons. I think it's really good for us maybe to call everybody back to what are, what are the basic things that we're going to focus on? And I think you've got a perspective on that because you took a church that was hurting and you, you kind of zoomed in on four main topics. What were those topics?
2: Yeah. Yeah. When I got to Christ community, it was in a terrible situation financially, numerically, it was headed in, uh in the wrong direction. And so landing here, there were four immediate things that I needed to address. And those were the the following four subjects. Uh, I needed to get us healthy leadership, healthy stewardship, healthy membership, and healthy discipleship. And those are the four things that I feel like the Lord put on my heart Um, and just kind of tried to chart a path forward, do some initial evaluation, and then put a plan together for each one of those areas. And I think all of us, uh, no matter what church you're in, can look at those four things and do some real evaluation. It's difficult for pastors to look at numbers and to think well i'm not being successful because my numbers aren't there Um, but to instead turn your attention to these four areas that really kind of give you a better perspective on the health of your church where did you come up with those four areas i think um, in terms of examining uh, what the church is to be um, i know that discipleship and evangelism is is crucial in a church. I know uh, for Christ's community, my heartbeat personally was going to be to lead the church into being a disciple-making church. And so in order to do that, I know that evangelism always follows discipleship. And so I wanted to build healthy disciples. So I wanted to first diagnose the membership. How many people did we have? How many people were hanging around on membership uh, roles that really weren't there any longer? Our church had heydays in the mid-2000s, running a lot of people, and we had seen a thousand people drop off over the last 10 years. And so we had a lot of people hanging around that didn't need to be there. And so we did an initial evaluation over membership to get healthy membership. And then we started to figure out who we actually had who were uh, making disciples or who were in a discipleship relationship. Uh, the church was financially just a disaster. So I knew uh, we had 45% of our budget went to debt. Oh, um, wow. And so that's going to kill you. Yeah, it's going to. Absolutely. And so a lot of guys would say, ignore the debt, focus on growing the church. I disagreed. I took the debt head on and just began praying and calling the church to deal with it. And by God's grace, we were able to knock it out in a matter of uh, under three years. And then evaluating your leadership, we didn't have hardly any staff. And so I needed to build healthy leaders. And it was a little overwhelming at first, but I believe every lit- local church needs to have healthy membership healthy stewardship, healthy discipleship, and healthy leadership to thrive. Mm. So, that's kind of where I got it all from.
1: Yeah. And Sam, I know that uh, – so, Bradenton, you guys focus on, you know, plenty of sunscreen, um, hydration, <laughs> good strong flip-flops. What else does Bradenton – do you all have any kind of metric like that besides – you know the
0: no Ronnie Ronnie's like a much better leader than me so you know <laughs> I'm like I'm like taking notes over here going well, yeah. this is good this is good stuff yeah right uh, well I, you know Ronnie's revitalization work was a little different than mine we didn't have debt but we did have a facility that was in disarray so um we we were challenged with um you could add to your list facility management Mm, and deferred maintenance so our deferred maintenance ended up ended up being our debt because we just hadn't poured the money into the facility like we needed to um and and i think a lot of our listeners would probably you know relate to that they could probably relate to yes my church has a lot of debt Mm. or yes my church has a lot of Deferred maintenance, and and as part of being a pastor, you know when you're when you're talking about you know how's your church measuring up, um, you know we, we love the spiritual side and you right. should and it's important, but there's also the practical side of well, well you have a building there's twenty thousand square feet or fifty thousand square feet in this building um, or however large it is, and there is a cost associated with keeping it up, yeah, and so we we had to go into mode of, um, you know getting through our deferred maintenance and so mm-hmm. we spent good four years doing that we still have a little bit yet to do yeah um so yeah west bradenton uh pink carpet brass chandeliers um you know you can get a picture of that um and we we have gone through a renovation and, and i'll give my church a lot of credit they've they've done a, a, a lot of good work and it looks um, it looks i
1: i don't think i've ever told you this but i had to sneak into your church one time and um throw some stuff down in the lobby and when I did when I walked in that side door I found a door that was open and I was just really impressed with how clean and nice it was very inviting and so sometimes that's just a I don't know deferred maintenance we I think you sometimes will hear pastors say something about like oh man don't focus on the building we're going to focus on discipleship well I think the building could be a hindrance oh absolutely absolutely. and you've
0: got me curious about you sneaking because you live in Arkansas and I live in Southwest Florida and so I'm when when on earth were you sneaking into my church? Remember
1: you were like in um a meeting, and I had to give you back an air mattress. And so I snuck in I was looking for doors and you weren't answering your phone because
0: you were like, that's right. And, and this this story just got very weird for our listeners. Yeah, I had to give them an air mattress. you you sneaking into my church because I was in a meeting to return an air mattress to me. There's yeah. th- people are wondering, like, what on earth is going?
1: No, on? they're not. They're thinking, I'm from Arkansas. I use that air mattress to surf or something that's what they're thinking right now <laughs> <laughs> and that's not accurate we needed an extra bed at the
0: hotel we were so getting. all right guys uh josh ronnie real quick rapid fire here when you're talking about your church measuring up and looking at the right things for church health what are some of the primary things you're tracking right now because you know it's a pandemic what does attendance numbers even mean like how are you measuring health right now what does that look like for you
1: man for us i think we're more focused on the giving and that sounds so superficial but for the giving for us when you're trying to figure out buy-in a lot of times you can just tell by the culture or the the feel of the room i think we all know what that means so when you're doing a sermon or you have an event and there's just this excitement even if it's not your whole church there there's this excitement so pre-covid we were running 1100 plus now in the building We are good to run 250. I mean, if we had 250 there, we would be celebrating like, you know, champagne and stuff. But so we're that far down as far as the in-person attendance, but our giving is up. So I just have to believe that they are still bought in, that they are literally bought in. So we're keeping a very close eye on our per capita giving. We've also seen upticks, not only in our per capita, but upticks in our uh, what do you call it, recurring gifts. We went through a campaign there mm. en- encouraging people to go re- recurring gifts. So we focused on that sort of stuff, not for the sake of money, but for the sake of buy-in to kind of see and and leveraging the money towards missions and needs in our community. People have lost their jobs. There's people that are hungry. There are people that are in need and financial resources is something we can provide. So we've made a real emphasis of thanking people for giving and then leveraging the gifts towards missions because we can't go personally. Like you know, there is a lot of things we can't go do, but we can send money and resources. So we're mobilizing the church in a financial aspect.
2: So That's you where we are seen right now, any pandemic. struggles financially in your church right now, right? Do what? So, so have you seen any? Uh, you've seen an uptick in financial uh, in financial giving in this season, or have, mm-hmm. you, have you been de- decreasing?
1: Yeah, and you know we didn't we don't have the PPP, so okay. just without the PPP, without any sort of outside assistance, our giving is at record level. Like yeah, we've more seen this than same, any think. other time. Yeah, and I think Dr. Raynor had mentioned something like that on Twitter that he's seeing this actually happen, or was no July Which doctor? Giving, which Dr. Raynor? The real one, not the knockoffs. Ooh,
2: yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so, so just so you know, well, I don't want to say your dad. That sounds so weird. No, it doesn't. Say Dr. My dad so just so you know there's my dad there's me there's art and his wife sarah they are all the all the all the doctors rainer it's a lot mm-hmm. of rainers yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, no too offense many. to
1: sarah um sarah's the best one yeah i was i was digging that you
2: and um, art i know but yeah you know josh on so you talk about finances the the areas that i continue to track alongside of finances are uh care opportunities i think there's a lot of need for care right now in our church, and so we're trying to find multiple avenues for caring for our people. Um, I'm a big relationship guy. I think um, relationships are so key from staff to members on every level uh, as possible. So we've, you know, kind of orchestrated our staff to call through our roles. Uh, We've created some opportunities for our members to sign up for um, prayer times with a pastor just trying to provide avenues to care for people and make it very accessible uh, for members to get a hold of us if needed which has been really helpful for us uh, and then also we've tried to really focus on on connection opportunities building connections mm-hmm. in larger gatherings and in smaller gatherings both online and in person and, and just trying to measure some of those things in the season has been really helpful and, and really honestly encouraging because if you're not doing any of those things you just kind of feel discouraged. So, yeah, I'm interested to see
1: I think that's fantastic. The care opportunities focusing in on that really shows the church to do what the church was to do and I'm mm-hmm. interested to see if there's anything you would add to that Sam. However, I would just say one of the things I'm really excited about is how many opportunities we've had to shift, really intentionally shift ministry from the paid ministers to the membership. So, for instance, our deacons called us uh, a couple weeks ago. We're relaunching this Sunday. We call it the family reunion because everything's second family to us. So the second family family reunion is this Sunday and they volunteered to call every single member on the roll and invite them to the family reunion. It was just a a moment for them to step into a space that was so helpful to us. Mm -hmm. Our staff has called every member twice during the quarantine, but they wanted to step into that space. And so it's, I, I think the hard, one of the hardest things for maybe my personality and a few other pastors is what's happening now is very hard to chart, mm-hmm. but it's still very good to see. So, it's it's hard to chart that, but it's good to see. Sam, what, what's something that you guys have kind of focused on?
0: Yeah, I mean, care opportunities is certainly up there. I think Ronnie's um, right, and we've done something similar. But in terms of metrics and what we measure, um, we, we uh, did a phone campaign. And we just said, all right, how many people can we call? And, you know, the staff and others that were willing to help us. Uh, we, we, we called up as many people as we could. And then we sent out letters into the neighborhood. And so the um, handwritten letters with some gift cards to a local ice cream shop to to our neighbors. And so there's was like, all right, how many letters can we send? Um, and, and so, you know, the purpose of this podcast is talking about, you know, what what are you doing to measure success right now? What are you doing to measure health right now? And it's, let me tell you, a lot of the old metrics, like <laughs> what does attendance mean anymore? I mean, mm-hmm. what, what does that mean? I mean, Josh, you're saying you're at, you know uh 25% i mean we're we're at 50% but our giving is uh it's still above last year um and we're still kind of like on record pace but i've noticed july july was a terrible mm. month yeah. for us at the time of this recording we're a little past july um and it was just not a good month for us at all now we're all right you know we're in a good financial place but um you know what does giving mean anymore we have a lot of people in the service sector we're florida And, you know, that's a sector that's gotten hit pretty hard. And we're planning on a little rougher patch for the next 12 months in terms of giving at our church. Um, So you guys may be in a different area where the economy hasn't been hit as hard. But here in Florida, I mean... Our next 18 months, 12 to 18 months is going to be pretty rough um, yeah. from what I'm from what I'm hearing. Um, you know, we're just we're just not going to recover as, as quickly. Um, so w- what is giving anymore? I mean, you know, it's um, these are very difficult things to measure. So we focused on the things that we can do. We can know how many phone calls we've made. We can know how many care opportunities we've done. We can know uh, how many letters we've written. Um, and so we are we are measuring those things.
1: So Ronnie, um I'm curious. So you had your four um, emphasis in this season as 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 COVID hit and that sort of stuff. Were any of the four, were you as a pastor more concerned about one of them than the other?
2: Um, uh, initially, just concerned about the finances, but God okay. has proven faithful and we're doing really well financially. That has not lagged. Um, I, I For the first time in three years, we were headed in the right direction, climbing fast, and uh, everything was was heading the right way. And so when COVID hit, for me as a builder, um, my initial shock was, oh man, this is not good. Um, but like all things, our plans often fall apart, but God's plans never do. And so having to shift and say, okay, what can we effectively do in this season? And that was care, we can continue to preach faithfully, and we can gather people whenever we're allowed. Um, so one of the things that I began doing in order to keep membership and discipleship rolling, and to you would say measure uh, we would continue doing our membership classes which we call our growth track online and we've consistently held those together and they have we've seen our largest attendance in growth tracks in this season of new people really checking our church out and gathering together in groups uh, online and walking through our growth track and then um, so that's been really encouraging for us personally for me personally seeing god continue to work that that way and then also Uh, We here at Christ Community keep an an ongoing list of folks who are taking their next steps, whether that might be into membership or into baptism. And we have consistently seen people step into baptism and membership, which has been super encouraging here.
0: Now, are you guys, I mean, when we first started this uh, pandemic, everyone was, you know, just ecstatic because their digital numbers were off the charts mm-hmm. um where where are we now with this let me ask you both this like where where are your churches now with the digital attendance digital groups uh any anything digital i'm, I'm curious i don't hear people talking about it anymore i like guess is what i'm saying out there you know everyone was touting all these great numbers online and then all of a sudden they they weren't so great but have you have you seen that tail off at your churches We have
2: began. uh, We we began gathering on June twenty first, Father's Day, and we've come up with a pretty pretty concise metric. I think Baptist Press actually put this out, of which we're able to engage realistic attendance, and and we just take those who view on Sundays only. We don't do like those who viewed Sunday through, you know, Saturday the next week. We we just kind of get a realistic picture, and our return numbers and the numbers of people who are attending in person are almost right where our average was. Before this whole thing hit, which is mm. which we feel really good about, and they're realistic numbers. We're not trying to say every person who just clicked on the video gets counted. We're not we're not doing those things. Uh, we're genuinely trying to track how many people are engaged in a service, and so it's been helpful for us to kind of gauge that. But by and large, most video groups and Zoom calls, people just burn out on those things. Yeah, and so we're trying to gather uh, our 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 groups quickly um, in a safe way, but. Our, our our community group numbers are, are not great.
0: Yeah, and we're seeing the same thing. Yeah, um, we we saw decent digital attendance even in groups at first, but that has tailed off mm-hmm. quite a bit. And we are actually, as of this Sunday at the time of this recording, uh, getting all of our groups back together on campus That's great. safely, of course. Yeah, but Josh, how about you?
1: Man, uh, when this all started, so I was I was one of the ones screaming that these numbers that are are ridiculous. You you don't live in a city of 60,000 and have 65,000 attending your church. You don't. And so I've been kind of screaming that we had a formula that we worked out that we felt really strong about. Our bottom line was this number that I'm putting on this spreadsheet. Can you say that to Jesus with a straight face? And that was what we believed we had Mm -hmm. and it charted well. And so then um, five weeks or so ago, we went back to in-person gatherings and That number decreased almost exactly by the number that started on-person. So, that we felt that was some confirmation to our number and the averages held true. Then also that giving number that we're talking about here, even though our giving is charting extremely strong, the per capita giving, which we keep an eye on very closely, is not crazy. So, I feel like if our per capita dropped $20 or went up $60, then that would really tell me our online numbers are, are out of whack. There's that's, But it's consistently holding in a reasonable year-over-year year per capita um, sort of confirmation. So when you look at all of our other things that we chart, I feel extremely confident that the way that we're doing our online viewership, and I'm like, Ronnie, we only do uh, what's called concurrent viewership, and then we have a metric that kind of extrapolates out what a family might be. And so um uh, those numbers i feel are very confirmed by the other metrics in our place and so but that was something i was thinking just a minute ago sam was when we, when you talk about being a pastor and you talk about what you chart we all know that if you don't measure it if you don't chart it it won't grow you can't you can't kind of set goals we also know that what you celebrate gets repeated and i think there was a faux pas i think there was a misstep by some, as we entered into the quarantine season of celebrating an unrealistic thing, and it became very visible. If you're celebrating for a couple months that you are, let's say you're a church that was running 300, and you're celebrating for a couple months that you are running 900, 1,000, 2,000, and then you go back to in-person meetings and you're you've got 60 people there, mm-hmm. something didn't measure up, you yeah. know, and so I think.
0: I think I completely agree, and I think you know digital church. um, You know, there are some saying that it's the wave of the future, and I think that digital and methods and technology is going to be helpful. Sure, but I I do not believe that it is going to replace what we do in person. Yeah, and we're we're preparing ourselves, and I think a lot of churches need to prepare themselves for twenty percent of your people are not coming back. Yeah, Mm. let's just put that out there. Like the vast majority of churches. Once there's a vaccine and everything calms down or whatever works, I mean, I don't even know. But um, once we're able to get back to some sense of normal life, um, you're going to be 20% smaller. And I think that's the vast majority of churches. Now, there's always going to be exceptions. So, we're we're preparing for that as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, we're preparing for the fact that, you know, we were a little over 700 in attendance and we could be 550, 600 once we settle in um, past the pandemic. And, and you just got to be okay with that. I mean, you're just going to have to be okay with that and you're going to have to take the core that's left and and start reaching people and reaching outward and doing what Ronnie talked about, focusing on stewardship, leadership, membership, and discipleship. You know, a friend of mine, um, we were talking
2: about this conversation around the future of whatever virtual church, and he said, I made the comment, the church in the future, the way the church stands out in the future or is weird in the future may be that we still gather together in person. Which I thought was an interesting concept, is that hmm. there's a whole wave of, of digital groups and digital business, but the church will remain in-person, uh, focused on relationships and being the church.
0: Yeah, yeah. and you know what? I, I, I like that thought, and I agree, but I would take it even further. I would say that it's cultural and contextual to gather in-person, mm-hmm. because if you look at sports right now, is, is, are people thrilled no. that there's cutouts? In in the stands, are they thrilled that they can't go to a basketball game, hockey game? You don't like the baseball, baseball game, Sam? Well, you know, it doesn't work. People (laughs) want to be there in person. There's always going to be a segment of people that say, well, I'll watch on TV or what have you, but it's not nearly as good with the stands empty. And it's the same with church. Church is meant to be incarnational. Hey, all you digital people, all you people that are, you know, using technology, great. I'm all for it. I'm just giving you a warning. If you think the future is digital groups, if you think the future is digital worship, I think you're going to miss it. I think, I think you're going down the wrong road. And it's not like it's not been tried. Um, what was
1: it? Is it Perry Noble that started an online church? And, you know, it is what it is, but it's just not the way I've always said it was there's a Coliseum in Rome. There was a Coliseum in Rome and there's a stadium in Arlington, which is where the Cowboys play. People have forever and will always want to get together. Even though you can watch it online, they want to get together. And so I think that that's okay. I do think that the online needs to be better and improved and supplemented. I think it changed the way we do online and how people will look at us. However,
0: I think it's um, – I don't know, Josh. Well, online church was really crappy. It was. And, yeah. you it know, got we, a lot we better. Need, we need to get better there. Yeah. I completely agree. But it's not – if you're relying on that as the primary means of church, I think you're going to miss it. Yeah. Josh, this could really –
2: I mean, if you really take this off, this could be your your new future. You could be a televangelist and just uh-huh. go global,
0: man. I mean, yeah. you're a great, great preacher already. Oh well. <laughs> well so, okay, so he's got the last name <laughs> right. to to do the televangelist yeah. thing. King, me and Joseph Prince, and <laughs> you're, you would be one up. You'd yeah, could yeah, one up that kid. And and he's got the handle. That's, Joe Wiki. That's like, true.
1: Hey, um, here's something I'm real concerned about, and I'd love evangelism. I feel like so much of evangelism, I think people are afraid to. How do you have a conversation about anything? right now starting relations starting conversations with people I just I feel like everybody opted out of all of Christianity when they were like I don't have to go to church anymore so I'm also not going to tell my neighbors about Jesus Um, you know yeah kind of I'll give a few dollars so that they can feed some people are you guys at all worried that like we're just so not in the habit of church anymore that the little evangelism that the American church was doing is really suffering right now
0: 100% yes and that's why we're pushing hard at West Braden to get back into the rhythm. And that's why the next, well, every six months we're going to have a new project and every one of those projects is going to be outwardly focused. Mm. Um, so we are going all in with inviting people to church and doing evangelism. Um, that's, that's my plan for the next in six month segments, these little mini projects along the way. Everything, every, every, everything that we do is going to be outwardly focused because I do believe that we've lost that as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, we only do so much, right? I mean, you can, you can only lead a church into so much change. You can only lead your church into so many endeavors. But we are going to be completely focused on uh, reaching outwardly. And I think that there is a huge gap that's there in the American church. I think the pandemic made it worse. And the, the, the true tragedy here is that I've noticed my neighbors are more receptive. To things of the gospel, yeah, because there's so much confusion. Because like, what's science anymore? What's numbers anymore? We don't even know what's real. Authority, and That's your opportunity leadership. to say yeah. we we have that answer.
2: Yeah, mm. this is the weird, the, very weird for me here because I, I feel a little bit on the opposite side of where Sam is with our people right now. Because I feel like over the last four or five months, I've had more of our people saying this season's given us more opportunity to meet our neighbors more mm-hmm. opportunity to be outside, more opportunity to to share our faith. And I've been encouraged by that, which is, is really – I mean, it helps that we've been preaching through the book of Acts, so that kind of leans into some of that stuff for a while. We did a Your One deal at the, big, at the end of last year. And so I feel like it's aided that, but we are so far from where I think we need to be. It's not like I've got members just leading all kinds of people to Jesus. So right. um, I have been encouraged, but I absolutely agree with Sam that – making that more of a focus as we regather is so vital and so important Mm -hmm. so final thoughts
1: on the topic of charting church growth you know we we are not really church church health we're charting that which i think is something we haven't really even talked about was we're a whole lot less worried about the growth and we're more much more worried about the health and so that that's a good thing but final thoughts what do you guys got
0: i would say don't neglect the metrics right now they're different um, don't d- you know? Don't get lazy with tracking what you need to track in the church. I mean, it could be something as simple as church. We're going to write a hundred letters mm. to our neighbors. Church. We're going to make a hundred phone calls. Uh, church. We're uh, we're all e- each one of us is going to share our faith at least once in the next month. Mm-hmm. Um, so y- you know, what gets what what gets measured gets done, and what you celebrate, you become. Mm-hmm. So you know, start measuring the things that matter. And start celebrating the things that you want to be in your culture. And the only way that you're going to do that is to actually track some of this stuff.
2: Yeah, and I would add, uh, start with your staff team. Um, Raise the bar on your staff team in this season. There's a lot of people have a little more free time on their hands. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I did with our staff is I I had a relational goal, a leadership goal, and a spiritual goal for each, each one of them. And they were clear metrics. I want you to write three people and call three people every week for the next six months, or for the next, uh, it was six weeks. And then the uh, leadership goal was I want you to read a book in your field and read a podcast, uh, listen to a podcast in your field, and I want you to share it with our team. And then. The, How
0: many listen to EST?
2: Oh, mm. I, you know, I'm going to email them this podcast today. and Tell them they <laughs> should listen. This is their podcast uh, to yeah. Doctor Rayner and Josh King. Mm. You need to get a, doc, a do. You have a DM, Josh? Working on it. I'm right. in it right now. Doctor King, soon to be Doctor King. And then the Doctor. spiritual goal was was to um, was to genuinely see uh, share the gospel three times with with three people and aim to get one person baptized. So it just trying to raise the bar a little bit and give some good metrics to our team to think through and pray through.
1: Man, after those answers, I have absolutely nothing to add. But Ronnie, thanks so much for joining us on the show today.
2: Yeah, I man, I'm grateful to be here. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for your friendship and your leadership. Yeah, you can follow
1: Ronnie and hear more of his inspirational thoughts, see his beautiful six kids and uh, the funny things that he posts about his wife, Marcy, by following him at Ronnie P., on Twitter. Make sure you're also following us at EST Church and uh, interacting. We'd love to hear your comments, read, read what you're saying there. Of course, our DMs are open and so thanks so much for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much and we'll catch you next week. Hi there, Tom Rainer here. I realize it might seem we're nowhere near the holiday season but it will soon be upon us before you know it and our friends over at Church Initiative want us to remember that the Thanksgiving and Christmas season is a time here. year that can be really tough for people who's lost a loved one or who have been divorced. So listen to some of the things grieving and divorce people say on their Grief Share and Divorce Care Facebook pages during the holiday season. People like Gene and Susan are hurting. They're looking for help, and you can provide it through your church, through Divorce Care and Grief Share, surviving the holiday events. Visit churchinitiative.org forward
2: slash holidays to learn how your church can offer one or both of these impactful programs this holiday season and you can get the information in the show notes as
0: well. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.